are listening to Off the Cuff. Now, here's your host, Adam Banks. Welcome, everybody, to Off the Cuff. I am Adam Banks coming at you live from Lexington, Kentucky. Thank you for listening to the show, and thank you for tuning in to WLXU 93.9 FM. In addition to listening to us on the radio, you can check out our Facebook live stream at Off the Cuff with Adam Banks, or you can download the Radio Lex app on your smartphone device to listen to us anywhere in the entire world. Ember Turner and I are both broadcasting from the Deborah Hensley Studios here at Radio Lex on North Limestone. Amber, it is your favorite time of the year. I know. Yesterday made the first official day of autumn. It is officially fall. Happy fall. It is my time to shine. So you are a fall person. I 100% am. What makes you like the fall so much? I love the colors. I love the crispness in the air. I love apple cider, and I love haunted things and scary things. And what better time to have it all than... Now, Well, in the southern part of the United States, all seasons are very apparent. It's really hot in the summer. You know when it's the winter, when it's the fall, when it's the spring. Uh, the spring is green. Mm-hmm. You know, summer's just hot. Winter's just cold. And, and fall, what I like about fall is just the magnificent colors that you see. Yes, especially here in the wonderful Bluegrass State. It's so beautiful out. It like it really is, and I feel like, you know, we get the best of all worlds, you know, here in Kentucky because we do get to experience all of the seasons, and we get all of the beautiful colors that the Northeast actually, you know, gets a lot of the time, but they get the colder. And the weather is just perfect. It weather like fall weather just makes you want to get beside of a nice warm fire, mm-hmm. drink you some hot cocoa, put you on a nice crew neck, and cover up in a blanket. Well, except for those days that, you know, I don't know, you get that off chance 90 degree, you know, fall day and you're sweating like crazy in your turtleneck that you put on way too soon. And if you are a morning person, fall is a great time to be a morning person because the sun hangs so low in the morning. It does. It does. It's it's just bright. It's so bright at 9 o'clock in the morning. <laughs> so for those who don't like who for those who don't like the morning time, you probably don't like fall either. Oh, well, now, I mean, it's still pretty dark, you know. I've noticed it's staying darker and darker later each morning. See, I do, I hate the fact that it gets dark so early in fall. That, well, that gets on my nerves. It but. stays dark long, too. During the day? During the day, yes. I thought that it got lighter out earlier. No, because, you know, we're working towards getting to the winter solstice, which is the shortest day that we have daylight. Okay. So, basically, what we're doing is we have shorter amounts of hours that we get access to the sun. So, you know, normally, you know, the sun's coming up about 6.45, 7 o'clock. Now, you're not going to see it till about 7.30, 7.45. So there's there's just this time zone right here is just terrible then altogether, right? Well, that's what I was saying. Like we get we get the best of all worlds. Like we get to sincerely experience all seasons, but we get everything that comes with them. Well, also in fall, you usually get to put on the nicest clothes. I think fall definitely has the best clothes. The colors. The colors. I mm-hmm. mean, and plus you get to layer up, which means you get to put on more clothes, uh, which means you get to bring more of your sensibility, sense of style at, <laughs> in the fall. There are bad things, though, about fall. There are bad days. We talked about the shorter days. Yep. Well, the 
layering can have its cons as well. Yeah, you can show your creative fashion, but that's also more laundry. Mm, And I'm going to be sweating like a pig by the end of the day. And that just also means when it's fall, that winter is right around the corner. And then suddenly it's freezing. And there's snow. But happy fall, everybody. Summer is officially long gone. It is the fall weather. And Amber, I want to start off the show talking about this story that I was not made aware of until just a couple of days ago. I'm late to the party with this Gabby Patino story. Oh, is, man. Well, first of all, how do you pronounce this girl's last name? Um, I'm going to go with what you said. I normally don't follow you in last name pronunciations, but today I'm going to. Okay. Well, I don't know if I spelled it right on my paper or not, <laughs> but I, I wrote, it's either Patino or Pepitino. Whichever one. But that's the story that's been sweeping the globe, mm-hmm. sweeping the nation. Have, do you know anything about it? I do. I think if you don't know anything about it, you're living under a rock right now. Yes, she's 22 years old, and her and her fiancé, Brian Laundrie, went on a cross-country tour of the United States. And there was a little problem because Brian Laundrie decided to return home from the trip in the van that they went with without his fiance, mm. So everybody started wondering where she at, mm-hmm. and he wouldn't say anything. Mm. And I hear stories like this often, more, more lately than not, because people seem to be obsessed with disappearances and crime uh, podcasts. True crime, yeah. But, so that's why I'm late to this party. But it's all over the place now. It's hard to hide from it. And I think what makes this story so fascinating is the fact that This girl was an influencer on YouTube. She was followed by a bunch of people, and there were people following their journey. Mm -hmm. And it showed just their happy relationship and how in love they were and and how they were just full of life. So, if anything, let this be a lesson learned for most people that social media is fake. Fake. What you see on social media isn't real. Apparently, what we've seen on Gabby Patino or Pepitino's uh, Instagram was totally false. It was totally fake because her and her boyfriend wasn't in love. That altered reality. We want people to think that we have. So here is the backstory for those who don't know. They departed from their home state, New York, on July the 2nd. That's right before the 4th of July of this year for a four-month cross-country trip in a 2012 Ford Transit Connect van. Converted to a camper. They had a pretty cool little camper I was say, conversion. Sounds kind of cool. Did you not get a chance to look at their camper? I did. I looked at it. Yeah, it's, it was it was decked out pretty nice. But the couple documented their cross country journey on Petito's YouTube account, and she, it was called Nomadic Static. Nomadic. Do you know what the word nomadic means? Yeah, you're a nomad. You roam the land. You roam. So yeah. I, apparently, she was trying to be. Uh, clever with her YouTube, but she uh, was documenting her and her boyfriend on this trip, and like I said, her boyfriend came back, she didn't, and that was on August the, or that was just in September, right at the beginning of September Mm -hmm. is when her boyfriend returned without her. Yes. Okay, and here is the big thing that people have been looking at on YouTube. On August 12th, 2021... 
Police in Moab, Utah, intervened in a domestic dispute between the couple that resulted in a roadside stop. Have you got a chance to look at the that video where it shows the body cam footage of Patino and her boyfriend? I did. I did. I actually sat down and watched what, like, if there's like an hour and a half worth of footage, I did. I sat down and watched all one hour and a half. And it was just really hours after that that this murder was supposedly had taken place, right? No. Uh, I mean, again, I don't. The last I've checked, we've not gotten any like updates on her body. So I, 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 I checked. Sure. I checked. Okay. I checked. She, she, the they determined that she was murdered. Okay. No more than that, but she was murdered. So this murder. Now knowing this, um, this took place just maybe a couple hours after this roadside stop. Mm. Maybe yeah. I don't know if it was hours, days, but it wasn't. It wasn't too far after this yeah. that it happened. Uh, but when the police arrived, uh, this little girl, was she was crying. She was bawling her eyes out. She was saying that her and her boyfriend had been fighting yes. uh, for so long. The tensions of them just traveling together just boiled over, mm-hmm. which... They, that happens. Which that would happen. I, I would say if you're on a road trip with anybody for longer than three or four days, you're going to go at it. And you're in a small little van living. Uh, it's going to happen. Yes. So watching the video and watching the two interact with the police, uh, I, I don't know what to make of it. I do think that Gabby Patino was probably your typical annoying social media uh Girl, she was probably somebody that I would mute on social media. <laughs> you have a lot of those people. Yes. and But I'm getting those Chris Watts vibes from this boyfriend of hers. Nah, come on now. I'm, I'm getting those vibes because of just the way his body language was. Now, I'm no body language expert. I do have a master's in communication, but I will say, based off the body language, he's hiding something. And it doesn't make sense that he would come back without her and not explain where she was. Are you saying that there's a chance that this guy could be innocent? Her boyfriend could be innocent. I've got questions. That's all I say is I've got questions. And, you know, from watching the footage, the first thing that jumped out to me was, you know, when they when they approach the vehicle, she's very distraught. She's very upset. You know what? I've been very distraught. I've been very upset. She's immediately placed in the back of an air-conditioned SUV. And I don't know if, Adam, you've ever been out to Utah. I know we've been to California together. And in Utah, in Moab, which I have been, it is Hot. Oh, okay. Hot. Hot, hot, hot. Very. And so the first thing that jumped out to me was that, you know, she's taken back. She's placed in this air condition, and he's not. He's placed on the, I guess, the the curb, I'm assuming, that they hit when they were pulling over. He's placed on that curb. I heard that, and he said, hey, I'm bald. Can I get out of the sun? Well, he said, can I please get out of the sun? He's like, it's really hot. And, you know, he was not given that same courtesy. He was told, uh, I'll stand right here in front of you. I get it. I get it. You guys are dudes. I get it. But I just think that in this, you know, situations like this, uh, why couldn't he have been taken to the other vehicle? Because there's two cars there. So I I will agree with you. The way they treated him versus her, it was night and day. Well, I just think that people are making, and I'm you know I, I'm I'm taking this from what I'm seeing is people are basing how they are, uh, I guess, going to describe this gentleman based on this interaction that he had with these police officers uh-huh. in Utah. Yeah. And the interaction I saw, dude, I would I, I would have done the exact same thing. They already have shown that they have a favoritism towards one person already. They've placed her 
her air conditioned SUV. No, you're out here on the ground. I don't think it's all though. I don't think the people are basing their opinion on him all based off that traffic stop. I think also it includes of him not saying anything when he returned without well, her. Now that no, uh, we got that for you. There's just there's so many things we don't know yet. Why did he come back? We know they were having an altercation. She openly admits on this body cam that she jerked the wheel from his hand. Now, Adam, you and I ride together a lot. If you if I ever jerk my hand over to pull the wheel out of your hand and we're driving, what are you going to do to me? So if he, I think that he killed her. Now, for the reason he killed her, that's but why. That's why? the question. Right, that's the question that I have. The reason why did he kill her? I don't think he woke up one morning and said, "You know what? I'm going to kill Gabby today." No, he's already I think been caught that with he, her. I think he woke up normal day and I think that a situation got out of hand. I think that either maybe they were fighting and he pushed her and she fell, hit a rock and he freaked out and hit her body. Maybe uh, they got into an altercation where it was all her. Maybe she came at him. Maybe she came at him with a with a stick and he was defending himself and in the process he killed her. Mm-hmm. Maybe he just did it out of spite, but I don't think that was it. But do I think he killed her? Yes. Why? I do not know. And and that's what I, I want to know. We know she was murdered, but why? I, I think we want I think really that's why everybody wants to know when somebody's murdered is why. Well, because they you know, again, they've already been seen together. Obviously law enforcement has already known that they have a history with one another. I guess at this point people are probably going crazy wondering like, hey man, if you did do this, why? You've already got all this evidence that's mounted against you, you know. That's why I just think there's so many questions that are left unanswered. You know, what about if this dude got tired of her nonsense and came home without her because he was done and maybe she encountered some Someone else. I mean, there's just so many, so many different things that could happen, and I just I hate that you know we've already started picking sides. If Brian Laundry maintains his innocence, this will go to trial. We haven't had a trial like this since O.J. Simpson. The reason we had a trial like this with O.J. Simpson is because he maintained his innocence. Mm-hmm. If Brian Laundry does the same thing, he maintains his innocence. We're going to get a trial. What a trial this is going to be because. We're going to be able to to get to watch this unfold. But I think that the pudding is in the pie. I think that when you I think what really made me convict him without giving him a fair trial, Mm -hmm. and this is just me personally convicting him, is because he came back without her and he wouldn't say anything that to me is just got guilty written all over it. Well, I mean, they, they've just located her body what earlier this week. Uh, so maybe he didn't know. Maybe he really did just leave because he was done and he didn't have anything to say because he left her. They broke up. You know, that is quite possibly that could be a theory and now he's hit with she she's dead that could be a theory amber absolutely he could have left her he Mm could have left her in the woods and said you know what screw you i'm taking your car and i'm leaving you was that a good thing to do no No. was that a good thing as a boyfriend to do as a man as a human being no you shouldn't have left a young girl by herself by herself she could get killed but he ain't been charged but what a jerk right but what would what how crazy would it be is if he really just left her there and and you know you're not supposed to do that because you could get killed but what if he just left her there and the worst thing that could have happened happened she got killed i mean and that could be something that um that could be the case and i think only time will tell but we're going to 
keep everybody in the loop on this because the story will develop as the days progress. But ladies and gentlemen, we got lots more off the cuff coming at you live after these words. Stick with us. Now get the guns, the drugs from my generation. I'll take the fall, the state, and across the nation. Everybody to Off the Cuff. Adam Banks here with you. Amber is also in studio with me, as she is always. One of my favorite wrestling shows is The Dark Side of the Ring. Season 3, Part 2 is back. And they debuted with a banger, The Plane Ride from Hell, which covers the infamous Plane Ride from Hell, which... If anybody doesn't know what the plane ride from hell was, it was a flight that took place in mid-2002. Uh, it was a private chartered plane from the WWF, and it was loaded down with just talented superstars like Stone Cold Steve Austin, allegedly Vince McMahon. Uh, there was uh, Brock Lesnar. There was Gold Dust. There was Mr. Perfect. There was Ric Flair. There was Tommy Dreamer. There was Off the Cuff's friend, Terry Runnels. Off the Cuff's friend, Terry Runnels, was on the plane. So many superstars was on this plane. And this plane was chartered because they did a pay-per-view back in 2002 at the UK. And it was called Insurrection. And wrestling, the WWF always used to do this. Always go to UK, put on a pay-per-view. Well, on the way back... Because the plane ride there, it was the same crew, same flight attendants, everything was cool. Mm-hmm. But on the way back is when the plane ride from hell incident occurred. So the Dark Side of the Ring is a docu-series that covers just dark moments in wrestling. So this episode covered that infamous plane ride from hell in 2002, uh, packed with all these WWF superstars. And I want to talk about some of the takeaways from this documentary, Amber, but... The background's information that I was giving you, uh, of course, I said it was in 2002, coming back from the UK, and they were they had a layover in Connecticut, and it was supposed to be a, just a weather delay that was supposed to last maybe an hour. It ended up lasting seven. Mm-hmm. And you know, if you're on a if you're on the tarmac or the uh, yeah, runway, out on the tarmac. You're for... not you're not allowed to get off. No, even if your plane is is right there by the you can't get off. You're stuck on there. Even if it's twelve hours, you're stuck. Mm-hmm. So they were stuck on there for seven hours. Well, due to them being stuck there, they decided to party, have some drinks. Why wouldn't you? You're in you know you're in the UK. Yeah, and it's a private plane, and this plane was chartered by this company called SportsJet, and SportsJet charters sports flights all the time. Uh, they, any type of like sports team, NBA, NFL, they always will charter their planes uh, for sports people. 
But uh, so the wrestlers, they started drinking in this seven hour delay and they went through an entire cart of alcohol. You know, those carts that they push on planes to serve alcohol. Oh, yeah. They went through an entire cart. But it wasn't just a normal cart. It was a cart just loaded down full of liquor. It was loaded down because, you know, when you're flying, you only get little uh, the little small travel size bottles. I hate calling those travel size bottles. You know, the little small. No, they were stocked with full bottles of liquor, normal bottles of liquor that you would be able to go buy at a liquor store. So for those of you guys who don't know much about wrestlers, they are notorious for drinking alcohol. Mm -hmm. They can put it away. So they didn't just go through one cart of alcohol. They went through not just two, but they went through three total carts of alcohol during the plane ride from hell. Absolutely insane. Very unheard of. So there was a flight attendant by the name of Heidi Duell uh, that worked for Sports Jet. And she was on the dark side of the ring and she got to tell her story on the plane ride from hell. And she got to talk about, now this is her perspective, but she was saying all of the things that happened. Well, Amber, the documentary revealed all of this, all of these things. Michael P.S. Hayes, his ponytail got cut off by X-Pac. <laughs> My husband loves that. He fell asleep. They cut off his ponytail. Date, um, date, date. Mr. Perfect put shaving cream on Brock Lesnar's head. Mm-hmm. Brock Lesnar woke up, and they literally started fist fighting on the plane mm. mid- midair, 30,000 mm. feet up in the air. And it got so bad that Brock Lesnar speared Mr. Perfect into the plane door. Yeah. And there was all, this, all of a sudden, the plane popped. Uh. There was just a big, loud pop in the plane. Uh, uh, It was the emergency exit, too. It was the emergency exit door. Everybody froze. That was the only thing that could keep... That was the only thing that stopped them from fighting was the fear that everybody all of a sudden had when that door popped when Mr. Perfect got knocked into it. And you gotta think, these are not normal men fighting. These are 300-pound muscular athletes fighting. Uh, Yes. And strong athletes getting thrown into a plane. I don't care, Amber. I wouldn't let you push me into an airplane emergency door. And even though I only weigh 135 pounds, I wouldn't let you push me into that door for $100,000. Adam, I don't even get up to go to the bathroom when I fly on planes, even if it's a longer than a five-hour flight. So the fact that people are even up uh, boot scoop boogieing around this plane just baffles me. <laughs> yes. So there was that. Gold dust was singing on the plane, very drunk and belligerent. Uh, Brock Lesnar apparently exposed himself to Terry Reynolds during the insurrection pay-per-view event. I don't know if it was necessarily on this flight, but that all went down. I think it just added into... Yeah, it added into just the... Mounting, uh, I guess... It, disaster. It built, it built on the chaos. It talked about Scott Hall uh, waking up from just his drunken stupor and pulling the flight attendant down to where he was and whispering all of this sexual provocative stuff in her ear, basically mm-hmm. sexually harassing her. It, and it also talked about, and here's the big thing, it talked about the nature boy, Ric Flair. Woo! And it talked about how he, when nature boy gets drunk, it's well known that Nature Boy likes to take his clothes off, and he put on his robe, and he dance he dances around naked. I think mean, he does the strut. Yes, he does the strut. In his birthday suit. But everything's hanging out. Everything. And he 
exposed himself to this flight attendant, Heidi Duell. And Heidi, according to her, she says that Rick placed her hand on his genitalia. Mm. And Rick Flair knows better than that. Yeah, he does. You can't do that. Rick, you want to dance around naked. You you can't do that kind of stuff. I mean, even though this happened in 2002, you still can't do that kind of stuff. No. Do you hear like a I, like an ocean sound I breeze? I do. I actually, you know, I, I wrote you a little note over here. I was going to give you that. <laughs> I'm getting a noise. I'm getting noise. I don't know if it, it sounds like there's just like an ocean breeze in the Maybe background. it's because I had my mouth open when I was right up against the microphone. But Ric Flair, uh, he was the one to really take a lot of heat out of this documentary because of his behavior. Do you really think he's the one that took the most heat? Or do you think Tommy Dreamer has come out of this? I really think that Tommy Dreamer has come out with taking the most, the brunt right now, I think, of uh, the plane ride from hell. Well, yeah, I would say so, probably because he defended Flair. And that's really all he did was defend He defended. And you can't defend somebody in 2021. But here's the thing. Ric Flair's the one that did it. How is Tommy Dreamer in more... Flack than Ric Flair, and I, I'm pretty sure that uh, that uh, Nature Boy went ahead and threw out other people's names, uh, threw them under the bus too. Well, so. when this plane landed, there was a lot of aftermath that happened. Vince makes the decisions. Jim Ross, back in the day, he used to execute them. Uh, they fired Mr. Perfect. Mm-hmm. They said enough's enough. JR said he felt like it was just a bad day with the boys, but Vince said, no, I'm done. And when Vince is done with you, he's done. So they fired him. It's very unfortunate because just... Uh, just a couple months, a months after later, that, wasn't it? he passed away. Mr. Perfect did. Uh, Scott Hall was let go shortly after the plane landed in the United States. Mm-hmm. They went ahead and fired him. Uh, I think that was the straw that broke the camel's back. They thought that Scott ready. They they thought that Scott Hall was going to be ready to return, but they realized that after that plane ride, he wasn't due to no. his alcoholism. Uh, Dusty Rhodes, who plays Goldust in wrestling, he wasn't fired. He was almost let go, but they ultimately settled with him just paying a fine. Uh, Ric Flair was the only one that was on the plane that came out unscathed. Mm. So he is... And went on to double his career. Yeah. Because he starts a whole new faction, what, a year after this. Right. (laughs) Yeah. And notoriously, everybody knows that uh, right after that, that brawl after that plane ride landed, because they landed that plane in the United States in, I believe it was, where was it at? Weren't they coming to Connecticut? Maybe. I I think that was the layover. They were going somewhere where they were going to tape a Raw. Mm -hmm. And that was the first Raw where they dropped the F out of WWF. And it was the first WWE Raw. Oh, gosh. So that's when the plane ride from hell happened. If you want to get a uh, time frame in your mind of when the plane ride from hell took place, it was right during the get the F out uh, fiasco. (laughs) But the plane ride from hell... I've always wondered what happened on the plane, so I'm glad that Dark Side of the Ring was there to profile that. Oh, and hands down, I think that was the best episode they have put out uh, to date. Right. What's going to happen to Flair? Oh, my goodness. Well, I know uh, earlier in the week he released a statement, I think, just stating that allegations were not true. 
Um, and like I said, you know, he did throw some other people under the bus. What poor Marty Jannetty and Shawn Michaels have been, you know, getting a lot of flack right now, uh, talking about the rockers. And, you know, this uh, on this documentary, they talk a lot about drug use, you know, and I know you're excited for the steroid trials, but uh, there was a lot of talk of wrestlers getting drugged and things like that. So I think it really just opened up a whole new um, a whole new avenue of things to look at and, you know, kind of how the business has evolved. Absolutely. And it was a great dark side of the ring to watch. Can't wait for the next one. All right, ladies and gentlemen, stick with us. We'll be right back after these words. everybody to Off the Cuff. Adam Banks here with you. Amber is also in studio with me. Kentucky football had its third game of the year last Saturday. Yes, they played Chattanooga, which everybody thought that was going to be a blowout. It Mm. was not. It was a little scary. Mm. Amber, there's nothing like going to a college sports game. The marching band, all the pageantry. But one of the best things about going to a college football game, basketball game, just college sports in general, is to see the mascots. Okay. I love mascots. I do too, actually. I like a good mascot. I like a good one, not the scary ones. Some of them are very scary. I like the mascots that have animals that use animals as their mascot, like a distinct animal, or I even like the mascots that use humans as their mascot, like the Mountaineers. Okay. Like, that's a human mascot. I know that a lot of high school mascots in West Virginia, they have, like, the man hillbillies. Have Mm -hmm. you ever heard of the man hillbillies before? The man hillbilly? Yes, so their mascot is a hillbilly. Oh, well. Love it. Maybe that's where I should have went to school. There are so many different mascots that colleges have and that just adds to the pageantry of college sports and i'll talk about the uk football game of course but before i do that i want to talk with the audience about the best college mascots out there okay like i said i love mascots i like uk's mascot i think it could be better (gasps) we are the kentucky wildcats i think that there's too many teams that are named Wildcats. It's just not specific to Kentucky. There's just so many other Wildcats out there. It's hard to really just love, love, love our mascot. No, I really, I think our mascot is one of the best. It, you know, I, I don't want to say he because we don't know who's in there, but the mascot always interacts with the crowd, and I love when they do the push-ups. Do you remember the little controversy that UK had with their mascot logo with the tongue? Mm. So in 1994 is when that, I think the art department from UK, a student, apparently drew a penis for the tongue for the UK tongue and did it as a joke. Well, Well, it got printed. Real mature. Nobody noticed it and it got printed and there are some... There are some advertisements out there with that penis tongue. Oh, wow. <laughs> I hope that person was really proud of themselves. But UK also has, they revised their logo. They don't really have the logo you're probably thinking of anymore with the wildcat waving its hand. No. They don't have that anymore. They have the 
the I don't know that it looks like two birds doing missionary honestly <laughs> that's what it looks like but they still do have scratch as their yeah. mascot which yeah scratch is cool i just wish i just think there's too many schools with wildcats but i think that i hate the team but i think florida has a really good mascot i think it's one of the most recognizables they're the gators yeah um it's it's a recognizable that gator head you can Tell what school it is just mm-hmm. by looking at that head. Absolutely. And the colors. That's when you know you have a good logo is when yep. you don't have to look at the school name. You can just recognize what school that is automatically based off the the logo. Yep. The Wildcat, man, it could be so many different schools. It could be Northwestern. It could be Kansas State. It could be Kentucky. You see a gator. You see that gator head, you know it's Florida. Uh-huh. So I do like it when schools use their mascot in their in their logos. UK is pretty boring. They just got the little UK, and they don't have scratch anywhere in their in their logo. But there are so many great logos. Western Kentucky, mm-hmm. uh, and there's like just a blob. Yeah, it's a it's a big blob. Uh, <laughs> and I'm not talking about logos. I'm talking about mascots. Sorry, but the big red for some reason he's famous. Yeah. I don't get it. He, mm. he was created in 1979, and there's nothing there's nothing great about him except him just being a red blob. He's just a big red blob. His name is Big Big Red. He's in the Hall of Fame of mascots. <laughs> uh, the University of South Carolina, Cocky the Gamecock, okay. is a pretty cool mascot. And I think he's cool because he has his own workout channel. His own workout channel? He does. Cocky the Gamecock has his own workout channel. What's it called? I'm not sure. Workout with Cocky? But I think you would like it. Well, I'll have to check that out. I think that LSU, out of all the schools, has the most fascinating mascot of all. His name is Mike the Tiger. And listen to this. In 2005, LSU installed a $3.7 million, 15,000 square foot habitat to house its famed live royal Bengal Tiger mascot, Mike the Fifth. That was 70 years after the school purchased Mike Number 1 from the Little Rock Zoo after collecting 25 cents from every student. Until 2016, shortly before Mike the 4th took over, cheerleaders... Uh, The reason I'm struggling here is because Roman numerals I struggle with. Cheerleaders (laughs) would stand atop the tiger's cage as it rode to its parking spot outside the opposing team's locker room on a football uh, game day. Uh, Now, Mike the Tiger spends his game days roaming his habitat and eating ground meat versions of opposing team logos. Oh, wow. So, if they're playing UK, they make... The UK emblem out of me, and they feed it and to the they tiger. Feed it to, do they take videos of that? I'm sure they do. That would be cool to watch. It's cool though. Yeah, I hate LSU, but Mike the Tiger, they have a tiger on campus. Amber, I know, but it would be our luck if we went there. It get loose. He'd get loose. <laughs> the University of Oregon has the ducks, the Oregon ducks, and what's fascinating about the Oregon ducks is. The duck was designed after the likeness of Donald the Duck. (laughs) So their mascot is designed after Donald the Duck. (laughs) Yes. It says here that through a handshake agreement with Walt Disney in 1947, the school, the University of Oregon's athletic director, uh, shook hands with Walt Disney to be able to use the Donald Duck likeness as their mascot. Well, I guess that's kind of cool, though. They got permission from... 
Mr. Disney himself. Mr. Walt Disney himself. And then you've got, finally, I think, probably one of the coolest mascots is George's. Mm-hmm. Uga. Uga. What? Uga the Bulldog. <laughs> well, you got to think, Uga is spelled U-G-A. Uh-huh. University of Georgia is U-G-A. U-G-A. Okay. So, Georgia's line of pure white English Bulldogs, now on number 10, has been a staple of the mascot landscape since 1956. Through every new dog is added to the line, Uga line is what they call it. Uga X is the latest name of the dog because they specifically will name Uga. Mm-hmm. So it's probably Uga 1, Uga two, 2, Uga 3. So Uga X is the latest. Each also has its own unique name uh, and they're given a custom made jersey and a varsity letter and they reside in an air conditioned on field doghouse during game day. Well, uh, when his day comes, each Uga is buried in a marble vault alongside his fallen predecessors outside the football stadium. Oh, that's nice. But see, after telling you all of this, uh-huh. don't you see how lame it is here at UK? Well, I mean, it ain't that it's lame. I still like it when that cat gets up there and does all them push-ups, man. It's fascinating to me. <laughs> well, it's a good time. Jumping up and down, hollering, all that fur everywhere. I think it could be better. If we bring in a wildcat and build a habitat for a wildcat to live, that would be cool. And now look, you know, we both live in this in this town, and if they bring in a wildcat, it's going to break out, and the first people it's going to come find... Me and you. You think? Absolutely. (laughs) Well, ladies and gentlemen, I hope that you have been enjoying Off the Cuff so far, and it is now time for Off the Cuff to take its Song of the Week break. So sit back, relax, and enjoy. We'll be right back after the song. All right, I said I was going to talk about the game. UK versus Chattanooga was the latest. Kentucky's 28-23 win over Chattanooga last Saturday, uh, it will fall in the close call category because we almost lost it. I don't think it was Will Levis's best game. However, I do think that the game was was close. Uh, Mark Stoops was fuming during his halftime interviews. He called out the team for the lack of discipline. He says they had too many penalties, ball on the ground, uh, missing open receivers, and self-inflicted wounds. So um, I just think that Mark Stoops, when he can't keep his cool, Mm -hmm. I think that it just makes him look like a mess. Well, I was going to say, that's like, you know, getting in trouble and your mom punishing you then going out and talking about it in front of everybody. That's a little... uh. You got to keep your composure a little bit better, Mark. You got to, especially because these are young. These are younger men. These are young men. I almost want to say boys. You know, these are boys. Man, that cracking and popping in my <laughs> headphones is what in the heck? I think that's the speaker, the big speaker. Yeah, it's really it's really annoying me. It's like every time that I start talking, it wants to it wants to act up. But the game, it was a close call, but the Cats did get the victory and now we got to turn our focus to South Carolina, which is this Saturday. It's the latest game. Um why don't I why don't I just give you my betting prediction? Okay, here we go. Okay, now this is free money, folks. The Over-under is 48.5 in this game. I'm big on the over-unders. Take the over. Take the over. I feel like that you're—I feel like you need to make South Carolina and Kentucky put some some balls on the scoreboard, put some uh, points on there. 
both teams can score. Both teams will score. So the defense from Kentucky is pretty bad. The defense from South Carolina is not that great. So you're going to see a lot of scores. So take the over on that one. I really do think that that's what's going to happen there. But you can catch that game this Saturday at 7 p.m. on ESPN2. All right, ladies and gentlemen, we got lots more off the cuff after these words. Stick with us. It's a Welcome back, everybody, to Off the Cuff. Adam Banks here with you. Last segment of the hour. Amber is also in studio with me. You got a little razzle-dazzled over there just then. Well, the show is almost over, and I'm going to be honest with you. I've been a little aggravated during the show due to the static in my ear. Well, turn the radio on, then. But last segment of the hour, everyone. Thank you for sticking with us. The 73rd Primetime Emmy Awards were held last Sunday night as the stars from the TV industry uh, vied to take home the coveted Emmy Award, the Primetime Emmys. It's the major award show for television. You can check out a complete list of the Emmy nominations and winners on the Off the Cuff Facebook page at Off the Cuff with Adam Banks. But I'm going to go over the main winners of the night. The Outstanding Variety Talk Series went to last week. Tonight with John Oliver. Have you ever watched Last Week Tonight with John Oliver? I have tried to watch that a few times. I just, because I'm assuming John Oliver is the one that kind of has, is he, does he have a British accent? He does. Okay. Well, he's got an accent. He's got an accent. Uh, not a fan. I don't like his accent, but I do yeah. like his show. He's funny, and the topics are great. Outstanding co- competition program was RuPaul's Drag Race. Okay. <laughs> RuPaul. I love that. Still around, still mm-hmm. around. Outstanding lead actress in a comedy series, Gene Smart for Hacks. Outstanding lead actor in a comedy series, Jason Sudeikis and Ted Lasso. Okay. Ted Lasso took home a lot. It actually took home the best comedy. Um, outstanding lead actor in a limited series or movie was Evan McGregor for Halston. Outstanding lead actress in a limited movie or series was Kate Winslet for Mayor of Easttown. Outstanding limited series series is The Queen's Gambit. Outstanding lead actress in a drama series, Olivia Coleman for The Crown. Outstanding lead actor in a drama series is Josh O'Connor for The Crown. Outstanding supporting actor in a comedy series is Brett Goldstein and Ted Lasso. Outstanding supporting actress in a comedy series is Hannah Winningham for Ted Lasso. Tons more different awards were given out that evening. Like I said, you can check that out on our Facebook Live uh, page. It was hosted by Cedric the Entertainer, and Debbie Allen took home the big Emmy Award that they give out every year. I don't know what it's called. Do you know who Debbie Allen is? Is No, I don't. She has made her name behind the camera. Okay. She's been on camera a couple of times at, in Grey's Anatomy. Okay. She was Jackson Avery's mom in, in Grey's Anatomy. But she is one of the most powerful producers. Oh, in television, uh, worked with some of the biggest names in Hollywood. And if you don't know her after all of that, she's Claire Huxtable's sister from The Cosby Show. Oh, okay. She's she's in real life. She's yeah. Felicia, is that her name? 
Uh-huh, sure. I think. I get Felicia Rashad mixed up with Claire Huxtable, I think. Maybe. We're going to have to look and see if Debbie Allen is related to Claire Huxtable. Because <laughs> maybe I just... Wait, do you want me to do my super-duper Googling now? Yeah, while you do that, I will end the show. So, ladies and gentlemen, that about wraps it up for another episode of Off the Cuff. You can check out... All of our previous episodes by going to Off the Cuff with Adam Banks on Facebook, Spotify, YouTube, or YouTube. You can follow Off the Cuff with Adam Banks on social media, on Instagram or Facebook. Follow me, the host, at The Adam Banks. Follow Amber, the co-host, at Ambu447. We release new episodes every Thursday from 4 to 5 right here on WLXU 93.9. But let me just say that next week, folks, there is a good chance that Off the Cuff won't be doing a live show next week. We probably will be putting on a replay because I am closing on my house next week. I'll be moving into my new house. Move-in party. We'll have a move-in party. And because of that, we might just have to put on a replay and see you in about two weeks. Mm, And you were absolutely correct. Debbie Allen is the sister of Claire Huxtable. Is the sister of Claire Huxtable, and you 100% got her name right. Okay. There you go. That's how you end the show on a good note. We'll see you in the next episode, ladies and gentlemen. I'm Adam Banks. That is Ember Turner, and this is Off the Cuff. Hey,